Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the TF Podcast, uh, where we talk about tech, finance, Bitcoin, blockchain, crypto, and everything in between. Uh, I'm excited for my next guest, Raymond Wallentukin. Uh, he is with Bitmain. You might have heard of them, uh, only the largest uh, Bitcoin mining operation, and he is their director of mining operations. So uh, with that, Raymond, please introduce yourself. Hi, well, uh, thank you very much for having me, Jonathan. Uh, it's a pleasure to be part of your podcast and, uh, you know, any part of your community has been uh, great and very supportive of us. Uh, so thanks for that. <clears throat> and um, also want to make a quick correct correction. So uh, we are the largest manufacturer of mining equipment and possibly one of the largest um, AI research developments uh, for blockchain as well. So. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, thanks for that correction. Yeah. <laughs> well, Raymond, yeah, we've had the chance to meet. You've been at our conferences before. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, you're actually, we're, we're in the same state. You're over on, uh, in Eastern Washington, right? Uh, central Washington. Or yeah. central Washington. About two and a half hours from you. Yeah. Nice. Is, and it, it, cause there's some mining operations over there. That's right. So, uh, I mean, uh, originally our flagship was started in central Washington. Uh, and then we've been expanding uh, across North America uh, quite rapidly with more expansion actually coming up on the horizon, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later. So, yeah, nice, nice. Um, well, actually, let's just go right into that. So where are kind of where's the majority or I guess where are the different facilities? Central Washington, I know you have the largest in Texas or the largest in the U.S. is in Texas, right? Round Rock, is that right? right? Uh, close to there. Uh, I mean, basically, it's, it's a, a rock skip away from Austin. Uh, but we have stuff there and as well as in Tennessee as well. Um, you know, when we give the grand opening, then I think it'll be pretty easy here uh, for people to understand. But we are looking at multiple sites all over North America uh, and we've been expanding uh, quite rapidly. So uh, there's more to come for sure. Nice. When, when you think of sites, I'm assuming it has to do with electrical costs or how, how does that usually factor into where you're deciding where to uh, put a site up? Exactly. I mean, it's a very similar uh, process as uh, data centers are picked. Uh, they, they drop a quadrant uh, with risk factors such as environmental, uh, political, and the electrical price. And um, the places that we've picked uh, are typically in the lowest risk category. So central Washington, for example, uh, I mean, we have very little risk, um, you know, for earthquakes, uh, flooding, uh, you know, things like that, which a numerous number of other data centers have also uh, popped up in the same area. So we're not uh, certainly not alone uh, in, in this. And it's actually good if we band together because um, that way, um, you know, the community understands that the value that these mining centers or data centers uh, bring to them, uh, you know, new jobs, high tech jobs, high paying jobs uh, that you uh, may or may not find in, in, a, in an area that's very rural. So, yeah. so like that. So uh, definitely coming back to it, um, you know, looking for, the uh, optimal places, electrical costs. Uh, that's big. Uh, typically, if we can go as green as possible, uh, a majority of our sites are powered by hydro, um, which is great because that's green energy. Uh, I mean, there's it's sustainable. Um, what's big right now is uh, a lot of natural gas. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of development of people investing in places such as uh, Canada and um, Oklahoma. Um, mm. quite a bit of offset from the fracking. Now, with the oil industry cutting their output, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but you can get very cheap electrical rates, um, you know, from natural gas uh, offshoots because that, that, that energy is being wasted. Yeah. Um, and so they're willing to, you know, ask for very little money, uh, but the infrastructure costs will be higher in those types of areas. 
Oh, got it. Why, why, why is that? Why would the infrastructure be higher in those areas? Well, I mean, for example, natural gas to electricity generators uh, don't exist uh, in some of these areas, right? And so got they have to be built up. Whereas if we go into an existing grid, uh, you know, we tap into, let's say, the hydro plant, uh, that's already built out. So, I mean, the cost to build the infrastructure from the uh, whatever uh, hydro plant grid, um, you know, the local uh, upstation, uh, downstation is uh, is cheaper than building your own facility <laughs> in the middle Got of nowhere. It. That makes sense. So I guess that's probably where like the political factors come in a little bit too, right? Like perhaps if like a, a, a government or an area provides some level of incentive uh, to do so, or because I guess you're right, like why, because I'm trying to think is like, you know, I wouldn't want to build a power plant essentially to then be able to mine. But I guess if it's cheap enough, you figure out that calculation to see if it makes sense. Right. And, and you know, so to give some very brief numbers, I mean, people could build and the, the cost, the, the measurement that they use is cost per megawatt. So let's say you have a, a small facility, let's say it's a two megawatt facility, you know, what does it cost for you to build that out? And then you amortize that over the time, of course, of, of whatever you purchase, uh, whatever you're expecting to uh, run this operation. So the cost will run, I mean, you can do, you know, a kind of an amateur uh, situation, $100,000 a megawatt. Hundred thousand to a million dollars a megawatt. Uh, data centers run uh, on the upper uh, echelon of that of that price, um, and then so blockchain data centers, uh, you know, differ in that, and they have different requirements. And so you could, you know, the where you save costs, um, it, you might end up spending more in others. But ultimately, the real cost, besides your ongoing electrical cost, electrical costs, is the cost per uh, the equipment. Um, and then we can go into that a little bit later, of course, too. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Just And just like what, amortizing it, treating it like a depreciating asset type of thing? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, uh, machines can run between, you know, two and five years uh, you know, before, depending on how well you take care of them, the amount of dust, the uh, amount of heat, uh, the amount of humidity uh, will affect how long the longevity of uh, your servers, these uh, mining servers. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a typical depreciation, I would, you know, you'd probably want to amortize it, guess two years, uh, plus with any, um, uh, hash rate difficulty increases, I mean, the effectiveness of your server is going to go down as well. Um, Got it. you know, it's, it's, it's an arms race, right? So essentially, but it's an exciting arms race. <laughs> yeah, for yeah us. totally. <laughs> I want to, I want to touch more on that, but before we do, cause we were talking about the energy side, I figure we should just dive into that part real quick. Um, there is this common, um, assumption that, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining, uh, is bad for the environment or it takes up too much energy. Right. And there's just a lot of energy consumption when it comes to Bitcoin mining. Um, however, um, there's a lot of, um, like you're saying unused energy that in fact gets, gets used for, uh, for mining. Right. So whether that be hydro, um, that wasn't going to get used or the natural gas. Can you touch a little bit on that? Like, is it really, uh, is it as bad as, as it's made out to be? Is it better than it's, than it's made out to be? Uh, cause to my understanding, a lot of what's being used for mining, uh, would have just essentially been electricity that would have gone away or not been used. Right. Exactly. Um, so for example, the natural gas situation, that natural gas is being escaped or burned into the air. Uh, you know, without being used. Um, and, and so, and also with uh, high uh, megawatt capacity uh, plants, 
Um, for example, the way a hydro plant works is, uh, you know, the, the rate of water flow will affect these um, they like to run on what's called uh, well, what we call it is a balanced uh, load hey Raymond and, yeah hey, sorry one, one second I had a technical difficulty over here um, sure. if you could just uh, say that one part over again sorry about that uh, when it came to uh, we we're talking about the energy consumption and you know like why um, why it's it is unused and like that it's actually really probably not as bad as people make it out to be Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, very simple. The you know the easiest uh, example is natural gas. When natural gas is burned, um, that or when 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 fracking occurs or or any type of uh, oil that is uh, removed from from the earth in the say central uh, of the United States, uh, there's an offset of natural gas that is uh, given off. I'm not a natural gas expert, but I know that they pump a certain chemical into the ground. And then the natural gas comes out as a byproduct of it. Um, and that is escaping. That essentially, that's the part that is wasted. And so if that's not used up, um, you know, that's kind of a waste. And then on the other side, I mean, if you look at uh, power plants currently, um, they run best when the load is stable. Uh, and unfortunately, human populations uh, do not run electricity uh, very stable like a server farm. Um, you know, people turn on the lights, you know, when it's nighttime, but they don't turn off through the day. You know, they turn on heaters uh, when it's cold, but not when it's hot. And so you have this um, uh, peak and, and valley uh, issue with electrical um, uh, power plants. And so some of our sites and some of sites for other people as well, uh, they will run off of the, the, the disparity between what a balance load is and a valley is. So for example, if there's a peak, uh, perhaps the mining site will cut back on its electricity. And when there's a valley, perhaps the uh, mining site will turn on all of its electricity. And what this does is it helps balance uh, the load for the um, electrical site. So a hydro plant, for example, uh, the electricity is um, generated based on the flow of water. When you have too much flow of water, what they'll typically do is bring a generator out of the water um, in order to reduce the amount of water capacity uh, that's going through or uh, to close a gate or raise the water level or whatnot. But um, sites like ours that does use a high generation of electricity, high, high use of electricity, um, can help balance that. And actually that's good for the environment, good for the, the, you know, the equipment, so the equipment doesn't have to be replaced so, so rapidly. So um, the way I see it, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, yeah. You know, they win, we get to win, uh, and, you know, we get to use electricity for cheap. We also bring a lot to the community with jobs, uh, a lot of tax revenues. We've raised the uh, property taxes from, uh, you know, quite a bit in the area, uh, which, you know, brings more wealth to the area. So, um, you know, same idea, you know, if there was a, a manufacturing plant brought to a small town, well, that's exactly what we are. We're manufacturing, uh, and, and we're also a bank at the same time of uh, virtual currency. So, yeah. yeah. And I imagine that's a coordinated effort with the energy companies, right? When you're talking about the on and off or basically uh, increasing or decreasing the, the, the throughput. Right. And we've just, uh, we're just going through, I think it's a patent right now 
on how to reduce the load on the uh, plant, the entire uh, Bitcoin mining facility, for example. So um, <clears throat> if there's a spike in price or, uh, you know, the electrical company needs more, elect uh, more power, uh, they can send a signal and it automatically shuts down a certain amount of megawatts uh, per facility. Uh, and then we've been doing that uh, uh, quite successfully at a couple of our sites. And, uh, you know, it'd be useful for everyone to be able to use that in order to work with the community. So mm -hmm. most definitely, most definitely, um, you know, so you just said this, right. That, you know, you're, you're essentially like a bank of, of virtual currency. Um, right. Um, I'm curious, how, what does Bitmain do with the Bitcoins at mines? Do you sell that into the market? Do you store it uh, and keep it yourself? What, what, what happens with the Bitcoins that are mined by uh, Bitmain right. or uh, currency? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, that's an answer for our finance department, but uh, <laughs> what, I mean, it depends on the site. And, uh, and, and by the way, in, in like a, in a 30,000 foot view, right? Not like. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Uh, Absolutely. Um, well, one of our services that we also have is uh, called BitDeer. And it's like, I think if you just Google BitDeer, B-I-T-D-E-R, uh, basically we created a software that um, will sell the terahashes uh, by terahash per hour. Um, and so what that does, it allows people to cloud mine that can't afford opening facilities. Uh, everyone can partake in the mining uh, facility. We take care of all the setup, uh, you know, the maintenance and whatnot. And then really someone just needs to invest in it. Um, and what that does is it, you know, let's uh, democratizes who can do it, not just the big players anymore. I mean, it used to start out um, you know, people in their basements, uh, and then, you know, things got more expensive and more power got used up. And then now, um, you know, you can still participate. And I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, Farood, who you had on your, your show quite a bit, and, you know, he's doing the same idea. It basically brings it to the people, to the, um, you know, to the public to be able to participate as any scale that they want, whether small or big. Um, so similar to that. Yeah. yeah. What do we do with the, the coins? I mean, that, yeah, that's up to the finance department. Um, but uh, what we also do is quite a bit of AI research. So not everything is, uh, you know, completely dedicated to just mining. Um, and, and so there you go. So that's the answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does the AI research play into it? Is it like broader than cryptocurrency from on the AI sort of thing? Or uh, AI research. Um, so something like that. Got it. Just because they're the processing power and so forth that they have. It's right. Basically, it, it you have these supercomputers. And right. it's quite, I mean, we are the most uh, successful at making, uh, you know, these chips at an affordable price, um, which is why we're the market leader still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about that on the, on the hardware side of things, right? So like, yeah, you are a, a hardware, you know, manufacturer and you, you use your own hardware to, to mine, correct? That's correct, yes. Yeah, and then so, um, and we were talking about a moment ago about how, um, you know, like, there's perhaps like a life cycle of two to three years or so on these machines. Um, what do you, what do you guys do when you're done with that? Do you sell them into the market? Do they just go to the recycling bin? Um, how, what's, what's kind of like that process of how you decide what, when you're going to introduce new, um, uh, new hardware that you've designed and then, you know, do you then bring that back out to others or how does that work? Right. I mean, it, it's, it's completely, um, well, this is the Putin's perspective, you know, our mining operation uh, is not 
as large of revenue share as uh, selling these machines. Um, so, and mostly what we're doing is, you know, proof of concept, because uh, we want as many people to mine as much as possible because uh, that's how uh, the company makes money as well. It's, uh, yeah. and it, 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 it drives that, uh, that revenue to do more research and come become more cutting edge on the blockchain side as well as the manufacturing side. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, how do we decide uh, what happens? Uh, so <laughs> to give me an idea, last year, at the end of last year, I mean, the mining machines were sold out, uh, for three or four months in advance. So that means even the mining sites, we weren't able to get enough, uh, machines to fill them, uh, because, uh, these, the demand for this, mine for our mining machines have been going off, you know, have been astronomical. So, um, we kind of. Uh, fill, uh, replace the existing miners when, you know, there's, there's excess and we haven't done that for a little bit. We did start doing it a little bit in January for a couple sites. Um, but really, I mean, it's case by case basis. Uh, got it. so to give you an idea, you know, if you got an S 17 today, and I guess I'm getting to the, the profitability side and depending on what yeah, you're yeah. for, um, you know, per cost per kilowatt hour, uh, let's see, you're going from three cents. Uh, then your cost for mining a Bitcoin is about $2,000. And then if you are paying, you know, closer to five cents uh, per kilowatt hour, you know, you're probably going to spend about $3,300 uh, to mine one Bitcoin. Um, so, and the, the price of Bitcoin is 7100 right now. That's still quite profitable. But of course, we're not including all the amortization costs, uh, but just pure running costs. Um, it's still very profitable to be mining right now. And even after the happening. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, so, and, and that, so is that when you're talking through those numbers, are you talking through like one S 17, if one S 17 is to mine one Bitcoin or to mine one Bitcoin, it would cost the $3,000 of my, of basically from an electricity standpoint, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's your electricity, pure electricity costs. Got so. it. Got it. And then just curious, how, how much are those machines, the S 17s? Oh, I haven't checked the price lately. Um, I guess I could look it up real quick. Or ball, uh, ballpark even. I won't. No one will hold you to it. But are they like thousands of dollars? A couple thousand? Or is it like? Well, they used to be a lot more. Uh, but I think today, uh, I mean, it used to be three thousand. Okay, so S seventeen seventy terashes online, uh, and this is uh, you know, uh, this this year it's uh, sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, got it, got it. This one includes the PSU, which is the power supply unit. Uh, previous old generations, you had to buy the PSU separately. Um, so this is more advanced and more efficient, um, certainly. Got it. So at the S17, does that allow um, a consumer to get into mining? So could a consumer buy an S17, essentially, plug it into the wall, assuming they have, you know, power at three cents? And then, yeah, that's then, you know, so basically, so if it's like two to $3,000 that it costs, let's use, you know, we're just using napkin math right now of course right so if it's like three thousand dollars essentially to mine bitcoin and electricity cost um with the s17 plus you're in so basically you're in it for for like 4600 bucks or so and then you're still profitable got it that, oh, and, and, and and so that and that's the business essentially is that you're you're doing that right right i mean you have to take a look at it as if it's manufacturing um it's the same thing you're creating something you know out of nothing or in this case electricity yeah, um, you know that is that is virtual for that. So yeah, yeah, that's what you're looking at. Yeah, and when um, so when uh, 
when Bitcoin like goes up or down, um, you know, not to be not to talk on the price aspects of things, but when Bitcoin goes up and down, so like we have like these big price swings. So we were at like ten thousand a few weeks ago. We went down to five thousand, and now we're like about seven thousand or so. Right. So, um, does what happens to mining? at 10,000 versus 5,000, like what, what's, what, what is Bitmain or like, what is a, a Bitcoin miner or someone in that space think about like at Bitcoin at 10 versus Bitcoin at five from a right. mining very, perspective? Very good question. Um, so typically what happens when the price goes down so low, uh, people end up, well, those who are, let's say, let's say you're spending 10 cents a kilowatt hour, you know, you're double this, you know, now you're at $6,000, uh, what it costs to mine a Bitcoin, $6,000, but then a Bitcoin, you know, is currently at $5,000. What'll happen is those guys will turn off their machines. And what that'll do is actually that'll decrease the difficulty rating and people who are on the cheaper side of electricity can still mine at a profit at a profitable rate. Um, you'll just end up getting more coins. Uh, you know, let, let's exclude what the exchanges are talking, $7,200. One Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. Um, so sure. you'll just end up mining more, uh, you know, when more people turn their machines off and then, you know, we saw that happen in, in early 2018, uh, you know, during the crypto winter when, uh, you know, price hit $3,000. Um, you know, so what it comes down to is, uh, you know, how, how efficient your operation is, what you can, you cost, cause it, it's a manufacturing process. So the same right. thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So basically, at that point, yeah. You know, so yeah. Right. So if one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, and you're mining at three thousand, it might cost you more dollars at that point to mine it. But because one Bitcoin is more one Bitcoin, you're getting more Bitcoin. So right. When you if you're mining for the reasons that usually people are is because either to hold or wealth or whatever, then right. you know that Bitcoin in theory will increase in value. Got it. Makes right. sense. Right. You know, and, and, you know, the big banks right now are uh, creating investment vehicles, you know, pending some, um, obviously, some regulations. Um, but they're gearing up to create um, investment vehicles for people to invest uh, into, into Bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, or cryptocurrencies, for that matter. And um, what's important is they want to have a, a coin that has no history uh, or any questionable history. So the only way to do that is to get freshly minted coins that are coming out of a mining facility with basically no history. And so that will help um, the uh, customers of the banks able to get something that's uh, from, you know, clean, fresh record, if that's the case or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. So, um, yeah, I'd love to kind of bring it, bring this whole conversation into like where the world is today. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we, like we talked about this a little bit ago, as far as with, um, you know, the price of Bitcoin going down and how that affects, but what about like global impact or global markets, right? So um, when, uh, you know, when governments are saying things like, hey, you have to stay in place, or if there's a, if there's things that are happening in the world overall, or just the stock market is down, like, does that, are, are those things that impact mining? Just, just, I guess, because you talked about like economic and global factors. Um, does the stock market affect like the stock market price being down affect Bitcoin mining at all? Is there any correlation there or is it, or is it just strictly Bitcoin price is usually all that matters? Um, Bitcoin price is strictly all that matters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, to build an operation, you, I mean, you're planning a year and a half in advance, two years. Um, and so if the market tanks by then, I mean, it's already almost too late because you've already invested so much capital for Got the it. investment. So, 
Um, I don't believe that if the stock market is down, in fact, it might be the opposite. Uh, you know, typically precious metals um, and commodities go up when uh, the stock market is down. It's kind of like an inverse uh, reaction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and when we saw there is, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, a downturn in economy, Bitcoin shoots up. Um, the thing is, it's it, Bitcoin just so amazing. We're still learning on how it affects uh, uh, people's mentality. But uh, one thing can be sure is that uh, you will have a dramatic movement. And volatility is sometimes, uh, you know, good and bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 um, and then when, when we, when people start talking about things like hash power, uh, that's directly related to like people mining. Right. So like that would be, I guess, essentially based off, based off our conversation here is depending on the price and how many people are mining is really what's going to determine that hash power. Is that, is that a fair way to that's think part of it? Of it. Um, back in 2017, the end of 2017, when there were a, 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 you know, maybe a huge factor, I forgot what it was, but um, there was a lot of transactions going on. The more transactions that are happening with, uh, you know, in the crypto space or Bitcoin, um, that also increases the price. I mean, uh, people have to remember that mining is a portion of why we're turning these machines on. The other part of it is, you know, we're securing the ledger. Uh, you know, similar to how a bank, uh, you know, has a server, you know, and they charge you, uh, you know, a wiring fee, 20 bucks to send money to somebody else. Um, if you're sending Bitcoin to somebody else, the person, well, excuse me, the machine or the server that records that transaction also gets to partic partake in that transaction. Of course, the fees are much less than $20 to, you know, transfer money uh, from one person to another or one wallet to another. Uh, but, you know, after mining goes away, uh, you know, once the rewards uh, depreciate, you know, if we have, uh, you know, an ecosystem where uh, Bitcoin is transacted a lot more, uh, I mean, that's how these machines will be making money in a sense. So, I mean, it's the same idea as how a bank turns on a server and they have a system. Uh, each one of these servers uh, will get paid every time uh, someone gets, uh, moves money from one person to the other. And that's how it gets securitized. It's democratization mm -hmm. of uh, a banking system, essentially. Yeah, no, that's a super interesting way to look at it too. Yeah, I, um, just just letting the computers decide <laughs> or not decide, but you know the it's 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 letting the the algorithm, I guess, decide, right? The the math. Right. Well, it's a demand, right? So the more demand for you know you want your your transaction to go faster, um, you know the more it's going to cost. And if you're not in a rush, your transaction could be low priority. Uh, you set it at that, and then um, the cost to transact becomes lower. So. Uh, same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think happens uh, from, from a, uh, from a mining difficulty standpoint? So uh, the halvening is happening uh, about 30 days from now, right? Yeah. Give or take. Um, and so we know that the mining difficulty becomes harder. Um, but what does that actually mean? So like, so, you know, people say all the time, Hey, like mining is going to be harder. Mining rewards are going to be cut in half. But what is, what does that technically mean? Well, uh, that's exactly, uh, it's going to be cutting half. So the algorithm sets it up so that at certain points of mining, uh, when the, uh, the block uh, hits a, a number of, uh, blocks, uh, uh, pass through, then the mining rewards are halved because the original creator, uh, really just wanted people to start using the system and he expected by the time it's this many blocks uh, completed then <clears throat> the system will be more mature and we're going to be 
have an ecosystem where it's just transactional based uh, instead of mining based. So what's going to happen in the next uh, near future is the happening, which everyone's talking about. Traditionally, every time a happening has happened, uh, the price has increased. Um, but uh, as history knows, that history has no patterns. It's correct up until the point that it's not. Uh, so we won't know what happens. But I'm very optimistic that um, <clears throat> you know this this system will still be available because <clears throat> it, the same idea. If the price of Bitcoin goes down, essentially, you know, this is cutting in half of what your mining rewards are. Uh, people have to calculate. You know, can they get the most sophisticated machines on the market? Uh, what Bitmain you know produces, like the S19 that's coming out, um, and that will make them profitable again. Yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, you know, I think the price might go up. It might not go up. Who knows? Uh, but I know for sure that this uh, will still be around. And um, what ended up happening is we need to create uh, more high tech and cutting edge uh, technology that can uh, make it more profitable. Yeah. And so if the mining reward goes down, does that also mean, uh, do you think that in turn means that um, there, there will be less people mining or just the same amount of people mining, uh, fighting over? Um, small uh, half the rewards like does this weed out a, a set of people or a set of companies as a result of it because maybe Absolutely. they can't yeah yeah i mean uh it comes down to how efficient you run your your operation you know um what's your electricity costs your build costs what you're going to amortize and uh obviously you know with any um industry uh, i mean websites were uh, you know first built out by guys you know living in their basement uh or living on geo cities um yeah. And then after that, the uh, professionals got in, you know, and you have these large uh, websites that take a hundred man team to, to manage, for example, um, you know, e-commerce websites, whatnot. Uh, and so the same idea, uh, the professionals are getting uh, into the game uh, for the last few years here. And so if your scalability is affordable, let's say, you know, you're on the low scale of construction, uh, per megawatt, uh, you can survive, uh, certainly. And, and that's what, it, that's what um, the market you know, demands. It always looks for more efficiencies and uh, effectiveness in the, in the market. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and, and I know, you know, you're, you're, there's lots of banks getting into it, like banks and bankings and banks themselves that are getting involved with mining, like, like Fidelity and things like that. Um, uh, why do you think, it becomes interesting for them. Is it a financial thing? Is it, is, is it, is that mainly that? What do you think becomes interesting when you see banks wanting to partner or get involved in the space? Um, I think that's great. I mean, they're also, you know, old school prof uh, professionals, um, you know, and then once, if they take over this as well, uh, it changes, you know, the whole dynamics uh, of what, you know, how efficient can you run a, uh, run a mining operation? Um, so, you know, if they get in on this, uh, which they are, uh, I, I think it's gonna, it's gonna be great for the system because, uh, it streamlines it and makes it more efficient, uh, in order to get these machines out and running and, and, and the operation going. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, they can do. We are partnering with a lot of, uh, firms out there, uh, who are, you know, are opening minds or, or, uh, you know, want coins minted. Um, but one thing we also want to keep going is the people, um, you know, the public to be able to participate. And some of that is through BitDeer. Uh, maybe someone wants to buy an S17, hook it up to their home. Uh, S19s are coming up. Um, you know, if you want an extra heater, those things are great too. Uh, but obviously you have to check with the local regulations because some, some don't allow it. But uh, otherwise, I think it's great for the direction we're heading. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, super interesting. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated by all the companies, uh, you know, uh, banks, firms getting into it. Uh, you know, it, I think obviously that adds a, another layer of validity uh, to the space and, and, you know, proves it out a little bit more. Um, so, you know, I, I love kind of to, I guess, put it back on you and it's like, what, what kind of questions do you have when, when you're thinking through this, like, you know, and they can be even rhetorical, but like, what, what, what do you think about on a daily when you're, you know, going about your day with, with Bitmain or, um, you know, what, what are kind of like those next things that, that, that get you going, what keeps you up or, uh, where, where are we headed in this space on the mining front? Well, I got to say, and it'll compliment to Bit Bitmain, I, I have loved uh, working for this company. Uh, they've been very supportive, um, you know, of my team. Uh, and, you know, they're, the systems that the, uh, that the teams have over in, um, in China uh, have been very sophisticated, and I've learned a lot. And uh, they've helped me make my job easier, uh, which is great, because, uh, you know, we get to go into a community that, you know, is generally could be mostly rural, and provide jobs and benefits and opportunities and learning. Uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, communities don't even have, um, you know, a, a, let's say a, a computer science uh, or somewhere to program or, or you know, something with data uh, and IT. Uh, but by us going in there, you know, we've been training people in the community to make, give them more skills so that they're, uh, you know, more. Uh, uh, attractive to other companies for coming in the area because they see the workforce grow. So um, where do I see this going? I mean, Bitmain is, uh, it's a big company and we're expanding very rapidly in North America. And uh, what I'm going to say is that I, you know, I look forward to, to what, you know, we can do together uh, and, you know, very, very grateful for uh, what they've done and how much they've advanced this whole space, uh, you know, in blockchain. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, that's, that's awesome. That's really good. Uh, it, it's definitely, I've seen a lot of growth over the last few years, especially, um, you brought up a couple of things made me think. So, um, you know, so Bitmain does have a huge presence in China overall. Um, how does that business run comparatively to the U S in the sense of, uh, is it, is it the same? Is it basically the same meaning like, uh, you have your infrastructure in place and, um, you know, you have your, your, your data centers, essentially, uh, just different location. Is it, is it, is it any different than you would operate it here in the U S? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a majority of our, our focus is in the research development and manufacturing. Um, and so <clears throat> as you know, as far as manufacturing, uh, is concerned, that's probably our, our, our one of our main focuses. Um, and so, I mean, once again, the mining sites, they're all over the world. Uh, you know, we've set up mining sites all over the world. Um, but it, you know, is it different? Every site is different. Yeah. <laughs> Every site you yeah. have to deal with you know, local regulations and, and, you know, whatever, um, OSHA safety regulations that are needed. Um, but all in all, I mean, it, it's, what's, what's great is, uh, you know, when we go in, we definitely raise the profile of that community, uh, you know, either by, uh, new jobs or, uh, property tax increases or um, things like that, or bringing you know, tech to, to a new area. Yeah. 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 Super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, well, Raymond, Hey, uh, this has been a fun conversation. I really appreciate the time. Um, I love to, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see each other again uh, soon, not on video. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, what, any last words for, for anybody? I, we kind of said that a second ago, but um, 
what are the best ways to get in contact with you? Uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, uh, you could also check out uh, the Bitmain website. It's probably the easiest, um, you know, and, you know, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a great pleasure to, to, to talk with you again. And uh, yeah, hopefully we do get to talk soon, uh, <laughs> you know, once everything's uh, settled down. Yeah. When, uh, when does the S19 come out? That's to be determined. Uh, okay. But it has been announced that that new technology is ready. And I think our uh, manufacturing has been gearing up for that. So cool. Great. Cool. cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Raymond, thank you so much again uh, for everybody watching and listening. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the TF Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at TF Blockchain or me at, at JG Product. And please make sure that you are subscribed on uh, this, the podcast medium that you're listening to this right now and on YouTube as well. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll see you all soon. Thank you very much.